crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm your host, Brent Noctegal. Today we have a treat for you. We're going to be talking with our archaeological writer and guru of all things Genesis, Mr. Christopher Eames. He is located at our campus in England and he's on the line with me via Skype. Hello, Chris. Hello, Brent. Good to be here again. Yeah, thanks for having you on. It's been a while since since we've done this, but uh, every time we do, I get more feedback. So I figure people like hearing your voice and uh, <laughs> and you going to details uh, that you do so well, some of the more intricate details of what the Bible says, archaeological discovery, and also going back in time as well. I think you've written quite, quite a fair bit on what the Bible says about early man, dinosaurs, uh, Adam and Eve, those type of subjects, and they've been quite compelling. You have, of late now, compiled a lot of that information, and with a lot of new information as well, into a new article that's about 5,000 words long, so it's a bit of a read, but it's really handy to have a lot of this in one place, and it details what science has discovered about the prehistoric world and what the Bible says about the prehistoric world and putting them side by side and seeing if we do find a match, see if they do come together or not. And so we're going to publish article. this article. It's called The Prehistoric World versus Genesis. It will be going up the same day that this airs. So uh, if you are listening to this podcast, you can certainly go to the website, watchjerusalem.co.il, and find this article on the front page. Or you can find it in the show notes as well for today's program. So if you're ha- if you would if if you're listening to this after the fact, you can definitely pull this out as you're listening to this program and go through some of these details as well, which actually might help you. I would just like to quote from the beginning of this just to set this up, because we often talk as you even start out uh, with this article and talk about archaeological findings and how they match the Bible, and how they are proof for the, the historicity of Scripture, proving that it's true. And as you say there, I'm just going to quote from you now, uh, you said, such a statement, though, that the archaeolo- that archaeology proves the Bible true is jarring to the skeptic. And indeed it is. They don't like it. They, they don't like when you say that something proves the Bible correctly, because, as you say, no matter how many biblical individuals are discovered, no matter how many inscriptions are uncovered, the fact is that the Bible cannot, as a whole, be true, because, they argue, Genesis. Simply Genesis. And then you say this, the age of Earth, the dinosaurs, the Ice Age, prehistoric man, scientific discoveries, especially since the publication of Darwin's On the Origin of Species, have proved the timeline of Earth and the universe is completely at odds with the Bible. Or have they, you write? How sure are we of what the Bible actually says? And how confident can we be in interpreting the scientific data? So... I'm sorry for the long intro. I want to bring you in there uh, on this and really talk about what the Bible actually says uh, regarding, uh, let's say, the prehistory of of man and what existed on Earth before man got here. Because science and the Bible are in agreement with that. 
at some point there was no man on earth and then at some point man came to earth or was uh, here now on earth. What can you tell us about the what Bible actually says, what, how people have interpreted that historically? Sure. Well, uh, the problem with this is there's just a lot of preconceived notions going on, preconceived notions about what the Bible says, uh, assumptions about what the Bible says, and assumptions uh, about what the science reveals. And so uh, essentially what I'm, what I'm doing with a lot of this article is, is we're going through the very first verses of the Bible and we're just reading what it says, not applying any uh, any preconceived notions or ideas into it, and then lining that up with the scientific discoveries. And so you mentioned the word jarring, and one of the most jarring things is is the uh, much quoted religious belief that the Bible says Earth is only six thousand years old. That somewhere in Genesis it says six thousand years ago God created the heavens and the earth. Well, in actual fact, the Bible doesn't say that. The very first uh, verse of the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Simple, pashut, as they say in Hebrew, it's just straightforward like that. It doesn't put a timestamp on it at all. And uh, wh where things get off is, is in the first three verses of the Bible, people often overlook these first three verses uh, of the Bible, but they actually provide a history of Earth before man uh, that 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 a lot of uh, that a lot of uh, creationists actually jump over and and assume that that it's all six thousand years old. But there's there's actually this prior history of Earth uh, before man that the Bible talks about. So the scientists say that that's impossible, six thousand years. Uh, but that's not actually what the Bible says. Now, the the scientific position is that the Earth and uni well the universe as a whole is about 13.8 billion uh, years old, and the Bible doesn't say again. It, it doesn't put a timestamp on when the Earth is was created. It just says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the Earth. And, and so people who assume that this was 6,000 years ago, they try and work in the dinosaurs, and maybe the dinosaurs were killed off by the flood. Uh, maybe some of them went on the ark. Uh, but again, the Bible doesn't say the earth was created 6,000 years ago. Uh, and, and so that's, that's verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we get to verse 2, and something has happened here. Something has happened. It says... And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. So this is a really key verse for the article that we go through, uh, because the words without form and void, are the Hebrew words tohu and bohu, which mean uh, chaos, mean a state of utter destruction and decay. And when we pair this up with other parts of the Bible, like Isaiah 45, verse 18, that says, God created the earth not in vain. God didn't create it in vain. And the word there, not in vain, is tohu, or chaos. So here in Genesis, we see God created the heavens and the earth, and it was or became chaos. And Isaiah says God actually didn't create it that way. So between Genesis 1 and 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2, something must have happened. We have uh, a perfect creation by God, a uh, perfect creator God. So he, he would have created a perfect creation. And then by verse 2, something has happened between these two verses, a state of utter chaos, 
waste and decay. And as you say, the the Bible does go into uh, some detail about what happened and what caused the violence, what caused the decay, what caused the destruction, the state of the earth that we, we see in verse 2 that was in need of a recreation, as I'm sure you're going to get to. And I would just like to point out that um, Mr. Herbert W. Armstrong's book, Mystery of the Ages, which is available if you would like to read it and receive a free copy, um, you can get that at watchjerusalem.co.il. Uh, it's about 330-something or 360 pages, and it goes into great detail about this very idea that we have a great separation of time here between verses 1, 2, and then on to 3 in the book of Genesis, and it goes into what was happening uh, using others, other parts of the Bible. And so if you want to go into more of that about what caused that destruction, I definitely request you can, or I definitely ask that you would request that booklet, Mystery of the Ages by Herbert W. Armstrong. But if we just stick to, let's stick to the actual material elements here, uh, we have this interesting creation of, or this interesting uh, coming about of matter, let's put it that way, that science agree that happened perhaps 13 billion years ago. And the Bible is saying God created, no time stamp on that. But then we have a certain cataclysmic event that would have created this different state, this state of destruct the state of destruction if i could put it that way do we do we see that does science back this type of pattern up of creation destruction it 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 certainly does and and remember this is all before the bible starts talking about the creation week so already in the first two verses we see a heavens we see a earth it talks about water these things are all present before the creation week even happens. So so there was this initial creation that the Bible talks about. Like you say, there was this destruction, some kind of a destruction that happens. And science does corroborate uh, a horrific destruction that happened uh, that wiped out uh, the life on, life on Earth. And this was uh, what scientists call the KPG extinction event or create, Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event. And this, basically in layman's terms, was the event that wiped out the dinosaurs. So scientists generally put this around 65 million years ago, this destruction. Again, the Bible doesn't put a timestamp on this. It just says there was the initial creation, then there was a destruction that that wiped out life from the earth and basically turned it into an uninhabitable place. So, so, the, you so, have... so this is interesting, just if we could jump forward a little bit, because you have, um, you're saying basically that the, the dinosaurs would have existed in this window of time before you get to the recreation or this the 6,000-year time frame that we're in right now with the creation week and such, that the dinosaurs weren't created in that, at that point point i mean the bible's pretty clear that every species uh, the species that came onto the ark were in existence and those uh doesn't look like there was dinosaurs coming out of the ark uh because they're not there anymore <laughs> uh, or not they're walking around here anymore not the masses that you see uh in the geological record and so that is this period of time that you're talking about. So we have the the evidence of creation or the the coming about of matter of water being, as the Bible says, on the earth as well. And the life being here, although the Bible isn't specific saying that there's life there, but we know that. Science has shown us that before man came about, there was other life dwelling on the earth. Right. Well, uh, with with the, the life on the earth, you have two 
shall we say, two, to put it simply, two ages. You have the age of reptiles, and then you have the age of mammals. And man comes on the scene with this age of mammals. But before that, you have the age of reptiles, dinosaurs, uh, uh, lizards, these, these kinds of creatures that, uh, that were prevalent all over the earth right up until this extinction event happened. Not, not man. We don't have evidence of, of uh, human remains together with these, with these reptiles or even large mammal remains with these reptiles. So we have two specific ages. And so the age of reptiles fits nicely into that initial creation of Earth. Uh, and, and as you say, Mystery of the Ages by Mr. Armstrong, it talks about that initial creation of the Earth uh, was, was, uh, was the, the, the creation where the, the angels dominated the Earth. And that was together with the age of reptiles. And then we have this destruction that happened, which science shows wiped out the reptiles, the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event. Evidence of this destruction can be found all around the world in, in a spe very specific layer, that uh, sedimentary layer that relates to this destruction. Uh, it's believed to have been caused by primarily by asteroids, but also volcanic eruptions, sea level changes, basically a real fiery extinction and nuclear holocaust, really. Sounds like uh, Tohu Vavohu. Exactly. It's, well, and like uh, Genesis 2 says, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And so that's what you would expect from a massive asteroid strike or asteroid strikes on the Earth. Uh, creating this kind of nuclear winter, this, this dust cloud blocking out the sun, you would have darkness upon the face of the Earth. And scientists have found a, uh, a massive crater dating to this period, to this destruction, the Chicxulub crater uh, near Mexico. Uh, I think the, uh, the analysis of this estimated that this asteroid strike produced uh, an equivalent of 280 billion times the energy of the Hiroshima bomb. So this was a massive asteroid strike, just caused utter chaos, uh, and all part and parcel of the extinction event that, that wiped out the dinosaurs. And so following this event, you've got the biblical description of the darkness uh, upon the face of the deep, and then the Bible talks about then the Spirit of God moves upon the face of the waters, and then you start the creation week. Let there be light, so on and so forth. So actually, it's not an original creation week that the Bible's talking about. If you just read it plainly without putting any preconceived notions in it from verse 1 onwards, we see actually it isn't a, re it isn't a creation week. It's more like a recreation week following the destruction of the original earth and the original created heavens. Which again, as you say, the Bible do doesn't give any time frame. Uh, for the lengths of time that this would have happened between chapter verse one of of, of chapter one and and verse two, but now we get to the creation week, and then this is going to culminate in the creation of man and the Sabbath uh, on the at the end of the sixth day and into the seventh day, and this is the point that we know based on other parts of Scripture that this is where the six thousand years basically starts ticking. If I if I'm not mistaken, that's right. Uh, now, looking at the scientific timeline for this period, so you have this extinction event that happened, and uh, and then some period of time that goes past, according to the scientists, and then you have what they say is an explosion of new life. 
Uh, it's somewhat inexplicable to them because it doesn't really work along the evolutionary time frame. Somehow you have this explosion of new life, and this is called the Cenozoic era, uh, and Cenozoic means new life, and this is the age of mammals. So when they say explosion of new life, the, the, there's an explosion of mammals on the scene. Where did they come from? How did they evolve from this previously reptilian world? Scientists don't know, they can't say, but all they admit is there's this explosion of new life. And this fits within the recreation described in the Bible, the sudden, quick uh, creation week uh, that the Bible talks about. And it's from this point onward that we start having, uh, as you say, these timestamps put upon creation or recreation. So we, 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 we have the creation week, the seven days, uh, Adam is, is created on the sixth day, and then in Genesis 5, we have the genealogy of Adam. And it's from this genealogy and the ages that are given that we can calculate back, and okay, Adam was created about 6,000 years ago and on the, day six. And the, the Bible is, is also very clear on this as well, that these are literal days of creation. It says the evening and the morning were the first day, the evening and the morning were the, six, the second day, and so on and so forth. And so we know that this isn't this, you know, these, this is an allegory of just random lengths of time that have been divided up equally, I suppose, and God calls them days. No, they're actually days. That's what the Bible says if you take it at face value. But how would we then get to the scientific uh, evidence of, let's say, early man um, and woolly mammoths and and all these mammals that you say were ex that came into existence basically six thousand years ago. If if that's if I think that's what you're saying, these mammals came into existence six thousand years ago, starting with the creation week, and yet they've found these uh, these bones of these mammals that many of them have since long been extinct, and many of them having dates attached to them that are far greater than six thousand years. So maybe can you speak about dating in a way because that's what it gets back to that's what's going to throw so many people that do believe in the bible and then they read of man that was here two hundred thousand years ago what's going on with that dating sure well like you say we've got a six thousand year period here according to the bible <coughs> excuse me and then uh according to the scientific analysis you've got you've got ancient man uh going back hundreds of thousands of years according to them mammoths this is the age of what's commonly referred to as Ice Age animals. Uh, this is uh, mammoths, giant sloths, saber-toothed tigers. Dates are put on these things for hundreds of thousands of years on into millions of years. So, so here we've got a discrepancy between the scientific dating and the biblical dating. And as I, as I go through in this article, as I lay it out in this article, we look at the dating methods that scientists use. Now, we didn't spend any time uh, worrying about the dating of the dinosaurs and all that. Again, the Bible doesn't put a timestamp on it. There's no point really getting into that. It may have been 65 million years ago that they died out. There's no point really going into that. And we know that the universe is much older than 6,000 years based on things like the, the, the speed of light, how long it would take from, for light to travel from faraway stars to Earth, uh, uh, the expansion of the universe. But when it comes here to dating things on Earth, uh, the, we run into some problems uh, using 
various radioisotope dating methods, uh, carbon dating, uranium dating, samarium dating, all these kinds of things scientists use to, to date uh, various finds in the strata of the Earth. And basically, put simply, they're unreliable. Um, they're based on a, uh, on a whole number of assumptions. Uh, they're, they're based on the theory of uniformitarianism, uh, which is the assumption that the Earth was formed and shaped by very slow, gradual changes over a long period of time, uh, as opposed to the idea of catastrophism, which is the biblical view and the view by some other scientists that Earth was shaped by dramatic cataclysmic events. So, so generally, scientists believe that Earth operates under a fixed system, that it is now as it always has been. So when it comes to dating things like radioactive uh, items, ra uh, radioactive decay, uh, basically the idea is it's decaying now as it always has been. And so we can precisely measure it back millennia ago. And so that's a really risky assumption to make. And, especially, uh, especially when we know, and even the scientific record has shown us that uh, cataclysmic events have taken place uh, at least a few times uh, on the planet. And so, you'd expect if there are volcanoes, if you do have, you know, the Earth's atmosphere being all mixed up, you're you're going to get different ratios of these isotopes and elements in the atmosphere that will then go into the the bones of these animals when they breathe in and uh, produce. Uh, in inconsistencies i guess we could say to the atmosphere that we exist today basically and so but they're basically applying the atmosphere and the physical conditions that we experience today they're transporting those same and saying that those same conditions existed in earth back in earth millions and millions and millions of years ago and they're getting the millions and millions and millions of years ago from that same idea that it right. was the same back then. So it's quite circular in its reasoning. Right. It's just oversimplistic. And they they kind of contradict themselves by the whole uh, KPG extinction event. That's a massive catastrophe right there. But, but a lot of uh, scientific evidence has shown that, uh, that, that you can't measure things that way. Uh, you can't measure... Radio, uh, radioactive decay that way. You, you have things like solar flares that occur quite often, uh, fluctuations in Earth's magnetic field, uh, even changes in the seasons that affect radioactive decay, uh, and especially the use of nuclear weapons, weapons testing since uh, 1945. That has affected basically everything, uh, every... Uh, every metal object really around the earth in terms of testing it for radioactive decay. And so you have to calibrate it for all these things, slap on assumptions about the, uh, the uniformitarianism of the earth, the, the fixed system, and you have a whole lot of assumptions and uh, it, it's a whole lot to stake on something that's really unreliable and that they can't be sure about. And, and, and then, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking we could... So that's probably why we do have a lot of these dates that, again, again, in the years of millions and millions of years, at least when referring to life, this life of the mammalian period, uh, that doesn't gel with the Bible. There is something off with the dates, and something that could have caused that huge 
uh, when we're talking about a different, um, let's say, a cataclysmic event again that would have caused, let's say, dates of the Ice Age or the Woolly Mammoths to be to be distorted, as written in the Bible, there is another cataclysmic event that ha- ha- happens thousands of years, or at least a couple thousand years after the creation of man, the seven-day week, and all the mammals, as you'd say, that would distort those dates uh, as well. Yep, that's that's exactly right. That's Noah's flood. Uh, that's that's the other major cataclysmic event that the Bible talks about. So we have that original Genesis two cataclysm, and then we have the flood described in more detail uh, later on. And so when when you when you take that into account. Uh, that talks about a worldwide flood that covered even the mountains and wiped out all uh, all life, all land dwelling life, apart from what whatever was in the ark. And and when you factor that into it, uh, even just water uh, moisture affects radiocarbon dating. It it actually artificially gives much older dates than 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 are accurate. Uh, scientists have already admitted that. And it, it, it does so by leaching the younger compounds out and, and leaves behind older uh, older carbon material. And so that in itself would would skew the dating. And the fact that the Bible talks about that initial 1500 years before the flood talks about that being a much different world to what it is today. Right. And so that in itself would completely uh, throw things off. We're not operating in a fixed system. You can't apply what's happening now to what happened before 4,500 years ago, before the flood. I think one just interesting tidbit that you say here, it's probably speculatory a little bit, but you do bring out these discoveries of man from 200,000 years ago and such. And, you know, they, these given those dates 200,000 years ago, but you're saying they would have happened between creation week and the flood that they do look a little bit different uh, to what we look like. And you you say here, uh, where is it, that um, it's interesting because the Bible does say that there are differences between those people and us. The Bible says that they lived a whole lot longer than, than us, which you've written another article to show that that's not a crazy idea. It's it's written up in so many other uh, historical documents or at least legends of, of other peoples that have written their own history outside the Bible, says that man, man lived for long, <laughs> long ages. Um, you actually say this in this paragraph, you say the biblical description of the first Nearly 2,000 years following Recreation Week actually indicates a world much different from today. A case in point is that it describes lifespans for mankind of nearly 1,000 years. For this to have been possible, Earth's ecosystems would have been very different. Perhaps animal lifespans were likewise extended. And considering such incredibly long lifespans, would this not in itself artificially stretch modern dating for the period of early man? Extremely long life may also play into the pronounced overdeveloped features displayed in man's early ancestors. And so if they lived a long time, maybe they did their features continue to develop in certain ways that would make them distorted from our hundred year old bodies. Um, right. Well, yeah, we know that as we age, our, our faces and, and, and figures change somewhat. Uh, cartilage and and all that changes. So if you talk, if you're expanding that over hundreds of years, you can only imagine what what people would look like over time. So that is definitely a speculatory thought, but I I thought it was interesting enough to mention. <laughs> I wonder if you can just speak briefly about this uh, mitochondrial Eve and Y chromosome Adam, as you call it, because I think this is just a blockbuster 
point in your article that does link back to an original couple of human beings that all human beings have sprung from. Right. Well, uh, I, I mention it a little more briefly in this article because we've got a whole nother article going through this in, in real detail, and that's called The Case for Adam and Eve. Uh, but, but to speak on it uh, briefly, uh, genetic scientists have, have been making great headway lately. We talked about all of the radioisotope dating, all of those theories. Well, now genetics is coming along, and they're actually revealing things that are really causing problems for the evolutionary theorists. And, uh, and so genetis, geneticists have come along, and they've actually proven that through the gen genes, through genetics, all man goes back to just one man and just one woman. And so these two are known as mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam. And they're called that because uh, basically you can trace a, a, a woman's genes uh, all the way back to a single mother through her mitochondria, uh, which is passed on from the mother to both children, to, uh, to, to, to males and females, but only the females pass it on to the next generation. So you can trace all of that all the way back to a single mitochondrial Eve uh, and th the single ancestor for all of us, basically. And then you've got the Y chromosome Adam. So that, that, uh, that's basically a similar idea, but tracing the Y chromosome instead all the way back. And they've been able to do that all the way back to a single father, Adam. And, and so this, is, this was a bit of a shock to the evolutionary scientists uh, especially the fact that it's they are roughly dated around 200,000 years ago. And again, that's to try and fit it with the evolutionary theory and how long it would have taken to, to mutate and to evolve and, and all of that. So, so they go with, the evolutionary scientists go with around 200,000 years ago. Now, there's a really interesting, uh, fairly recent article written by uh, geneticists Dr. Sanford and Dr. Carter, and they just look at the pure genetics. Forget about all of the uh, evolution, trying to fit it in, a, in an evolutionary time frame. Just looking at pure genetics and what is pro possible for mutations of the genes over time. And they actually fit this mitochondrial Eve and Y chromosome Adam into the past 6,000 years. Just looking at the genes, they fit quite tidily into the past 6,000 years. And they actually provide a whole lot of evidence that they cannot have lived 200,000 years ago uh, for all these different reasons. Again, look at our article, The Case for Adam and Eve, that goes through all of that. But they, they describe how actually these other geneticists and evolutionary scientists are being disingenuous in saying that th these these two date back to 200 some 200,000 years ago actually the gen the pure genetics show that they should be on the scene around 6,000 years ago which just beautifully gels with the the biblical account then you say this in your article you say there's more because geneticists have also to admit a disbelief found that nearly all animal species also trace back to a single pair. Pairs, again, dated sometime within the past 2000, no, 250,000 years. Scientists generally attempt to explain this as the population bottleneck, <laughs> as they call it. Now, what would have that been? <laughs> right. Well, well, this is the thing, right? Man was supposed to 
man was supposed to have uh, evolved away from the, the monkey realm, basically, about three million years ago, right? And all these other animals, they go back millions of years. So what happened that somewhere around 200,000, 250,000 years ago, you end up with a single man ancestor, single uh, Eve female ancestor, and randomly all of these single pairs of animals that everything is descending from. And so, again, it was it was a couple of evolutionary scientists that did the study. Uh, one of them said he tried to fight the result with everything that he had. But, I mean, a result is a result. And so they had to publish it, although at the end of their uh, at, at, at the end of it, uh, they, they state that, uh, where's the quote, the study is grounded in and strongly supports Darwinian evolution, including the understanding that all life has evolved from a common biological origin over several billion years. So it's kind of like, ignore everything that we've said, we're still evolutionary scientists, and actually it doesn't really go against the theory of evolution. Whereas... Uh, You've got this bottleneck that they call it, and they try and attribute it to some kind of uh, catastrophe that happened some uh, 200,000 years ago. Now, it fits remarkably well with the Bible, and you can you can either attribute it to the original creation, you can attribute it to the flood. Uh, again, we can't be sure with the dating, and and you'd have to go through the different species that they tested. I mean, the Bible talks about pairs going into the 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 ark pairs of animals talks about seven sets of other animals uh uh clean animals uh cattle and sheep so so there'd be more research work to do there maybe they discovered that sheep were one of the things that didn't come from just a single pair that would be uh, that would be interesting but you have this unexplicable inexplic inexplicable finding that all nearly all animal species trace back to a single pair how does that work and at the, the same time in time a way frame? that that the mankind uh, appeared as well at least according to the pure genetics mm. of it as you cover well what what's really interesting about how you put this article article together we we're just talking about this before we started recording but i was i was recently looking through some of these uh, patterns of evidence uh, documentaries that have been produced. One's been produced on the Exodus by Mr. Mahoney, I believe it is, and one's just been has been put out about Moses and whether he wrote the the, the first uh, four books or not. And they've got another one coming out, I guess, on the Red Sea crossing. But something that they do there is they just put aside the the dating of things. Um, they put aside the, the dates of when science says things happen and when necessarily the Bible does, and they look for patterns of events to take place. There's this happened in the Bible, then there's this happened, then there's this happened, then there's this happened. Can we find that type of idea in the archaeological record if you're talking about the, the, the Exodus? Or in our case, the scientific record, if you're looking at the creation of man and what's going on on Earth. And, and what your article does a really good job of is going through these events. This is what the Bible says. It doesn't give a date. This is what the science also says. The same type of event. Then you have, for example, a creation or life. Then you have a cataclysm. Then you have life again. And then there's something else that takes place. And the events and the pattern of what the scientific community comes up with and what is written without bias, without preconceived notions in the biblical text are exactly the same if you cast away a lot of those dates, which you've shown to be uh, uh, 
inconceivable in many ways. Right. That that's really the 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 synopsis of the whole article is that you've got a timeline here, a scientific timeline, and you've got a biblical timeline. Do they match up? Forget the dating. Uh, just forget the dating for a moment, because a lot of it's based on assumptions in the scientific community and in the religious community. Right. So if we put aside what we're not sure about, what we are sure about is these events happen. Boom, boom, boom. Life that was that formed somehow science doesn't have an explanation for how originally life and the universe formed the bible says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth so we have life coming on the scene universe coming on the scene cataclysm then new life coming on the scene then another cataclysm and the bible describes that secondary cataclysm as the flood and and science and we haven't really touched on it uh the the article goes through about through it in some detail uh, but but the scientists also recognize the second cataclysm that actually happened during the Cenozoic period, during this mammalian period, and they're not sure exactly the details about it, but but they speculate, uh, and and it it's been linked to glacial activity and increased temperatures and a rise in sea levels and floods, and so this all matches with again that second destructive event that the Bible talks about. The, the great flood of Noah's day. And what do we see? A whole swath of species that, that are no longer on the scene on, on, in modern Earth and on modern planet Earth, destroyed by this cataclysm. But you have various representative kinds that do exist. So we no longer have mammoths. We do have different forms of elephant, elephants. So it all gets back to these timelines. The scientific timeline matches up beautifully with the uh, biblical timeline. And uh, again, the dates cause some issues and there are ways to look at the dating. And we do that in this article. But just getting back to those patterns of evidence, they do they do lock up quite, quite beautifully together. And we actually have a, a diagram in there in this article, a chart that does match up the different scientific names for these periods, the dates that attach to them. And then the the biblical dating for it that could be attached to it, where the Bible does give dates, uh, as you as as you've even mentioned. Sometimes the Bible gives dates, and sometimes it doesn't. So you can go to the article again. It'll be on Watch Jerusalem by the time you hear this podcast, and it'll be hopefully will still be on the front page for sure. Or we'll leave a link to this article in the show notes, and it'll have that really helpful graphic for you to just pin all this understanding together of what we've talked about here with Mr. Christopher Reams. Thank you very much, Chris, for uh, coming on the show and discussing this with us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you'd like to send some feedback on the program, you can write your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. I just also like to remind you that we do have a monthly magazine that's going out now all across the world. It's entitled Watch Jerusalem. The subscription rate keeps on increasing. So if you would want to be one of those, uh, one of those uh, blessed few that receive it at first, please go ahead and request uh, your your free subscription to this this uh, bi-monthly magazine, uh, Watch Jerusalem. The next issue comes out in a few weeks. It's going to press next week, and so if you get in quick, you'll be able to receive the next issue as well. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.